Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. Before we get started, big thank you to our sponsor in Java House. Java House has three locations in Indy with plenty of coffee and breakfast food open every day of the week, most of the day. Really nice locations in Broad Ripple and Carmel and the newest location downtown. Best cold brew there is on the planet. But if like if you're like Frenchie and you don't like coffee, they also have some tea and whatnot that uh, is very good as well. So shout out to them. If you're not in the Indy area and you want some cold brew, uh, and thank you to everybody who support the, su- the support so far has been overwhelmingly awesome. And uh, Java House actually shot me an email this morning to say, you know, we are super happy with how things are going so far. So thank you to everybody. Um, go to javahouse.com, use promo code PITLANE10 for 10% off all of your orders. Keep coming back. Keep using that discount code. But let's dive into it. We've got a few trivia questions. Cody's been sleeping, and, and I don't know. It's not like he's got like a newborn at home or something, so maybe he just forgot. But we'll do some 1996 Formula One trivia. Why was the Spanish Grand Prix memorable for Michael Schumacher? Oh, that would be the first race yeah. that he won with Ferrari. Wet weather drive, regarded as one of his best drives ever. Which team failed to survive the financial ruin in the middle of the season? In the middle of the season? Um, which team didn't survive in 1996? Forty, yeah, forty. What engine did they run? Let's see if I can stump you on that one. Um, at that time it was a Ford, right? Yep. Because I just listened to like a Pedro <laughs> Deniz podcast the other day, and I think he was one of their drivers, right? I can see with Ligier. I can't tell Ligier you that, that on, on this quiz, but it's it's certainly possible. Let's see here. I'm looking for one more. Whose engine failed with three laps to go, allowing Damon Hill to take victory in Germany? Um, that sounds like a Gerhard Berger or Jean Alesi thing. Yeah, it's Gerhard Berger. But, okay, yeah. And let's do one more on here. Okay, uh, let's let's do two more here. One of these is super, probably super easy. Which front-running driver amazingly went off in the warm-up lap in France? Um, went off on the warm-up lap in France. I remember David Coulthard going off multiple times, but I don't think it was him in '96, was it? It was not. Okay, so then it was Damon. Not that either. Wow. All right, I don't know All this right. one. It was Michael Schumacher. His engine blew up on the warm-up lap. Last question. Over 16 races in 1996, who had the most fastest laps? Oh. Uh, I've got to think about who was racing. I know. That's the, that's the hardest part. <laughs> was it, it Jacques was. Villeneuve? Can you, can you guess how many? Okay. Oh, uh, no way, but yeah. I can try. Um, 
like six. Five. You were close. Okay, that's pretty good because he had four wins and that was his first season in F one. Yeah, nicely, nicely done. All right, so we're done that. This episode will probably be pretty short this week. That's why I threw in a couple trivia questions to to occupy some time. But it is the F one summer break. There is no race this weekend. There is no race last weekend. So there's just a little bit of news. I'm going to turn it over to Frenchie to run F1 news. So let me ask you first, do you want to start with the big news or just get the little stuff out of the way? Surprise me. I don't care. All right. We're going to start with the small stuff and get to the big announcement. The first announcement, or I guess sort of news conversation topic, is that apparently... The MGM Resort and Hotel is planning to buy 20 to $25 million worth of Las Vegas F1 tickets so that it can create hotel and event packages for next year's race. And the CEO, whose name is Bill Hornbuckle, it sounds like some kind of, uh, I don't know, Bugs Bunny <laughs> character. It does. But he, he said that the rooms may cost up to three times their usual rate, which I imagine they're not cheap to begin with. And that packages could retail for up to $100,000. So it sounds like my dream of going to the Vegas race uh, may be crushed before it even got off the yeah, ground. Yeah, if the FAIA is listening, can you can you please go into our FIA accreditation approval that's been sitting there for like two and a half years now and, and just approve it? I think we've, we've done enough to show that we're like credible in F1, right? Can we apply again? Probably. Like, maybe maybe just... after I get back from Gateway, I'll okay. look at, at doing that at, at it, doing that again. Because yeah, it's listen. I they probably lost it at this point. Yeah, probably. Michael Massey <laughs> left. Uh, Mohammed Ben Salam took over. Like they had a leadership change. It's yeah. It's it's it didn't follow yeah, them. Yeah, fair. Yeah, it's it's really tough to see the to see F one being successful for like. You know, let's just say ten years in the U.S. with these kind of prices, because you're you're just limiting, you're you're eliminating most of the drive to survive crowd. You know, you are you are catering yeah. to a very elite audience, and if you're successful, that I mean, shit, good for you. But you know, for for most fans, you are making it unattainable, and it just that's just such a bummer. I mean, I'm not gonna lambaste them; they're a business; they're trying to make money. You know. It's, hard to fault from that standpoint but it's a bummer i think they're gonna end up getting like the celebrity crowd from southern california will all be there for this race and i mean that that's gonna be a big spectacle they're gonna get all the instagram coverage the tv coverage but like you said if you keep out the regular fans i mean maybe you make your money still but you're kind of I don't know. You're, it's going to lose. In, they're going to lose interest. It's going to wane a little bit if they can't ever get to a race, especially because there's three of them in the U.S. or there will be. And if they can't even go to one of them, it's going to kind of. I think it's a little bit like puts you off. At least it would put me off. Yeah, it's uh, honestly it, this. This might be a terrible parallel, but before I get there, yeah, eventually at some point, drive survive. Like you know, people will either be less interested or you pretty much know what's coming for the most part every year with you know, obviously silly season changes and whatnot, things that might spice it up here and there. But 
So the casual fan who is a pure Drive to Survive fan who's like, oh, I got to get to Texas, say, okay, it's 350 bucks. that's fine. You know, if if that race goes away or if it gets more expensive now that F1 has gone totally greed, power, money hungry, then, yeah, you might start losing interest in looking at other motorsport or other sports. It's kind of like how I feel about going to NFL games. It's like, I, you yeah, know, I like agreed. sports. I like all sports uh, for the most part. But I haven't been to an NFL game since the Eagles-Titans in... 2016 or 2017 might have no it's definitely like 2015 or 2016 it was a while ago because nosebleed seats in philly were 130 140 a ticket plus 50 bucks to park or 40 bucks to park like parking at a football game is like triple what it costs to park at the same complex for a Flyers game or a Sixers game or a Phillies game, and then food and beer and whatever. It just got to be like, you know, I'd rather sit on my couch, order some wings or a pizza, spend $15 on that, and not have to deal with drunk Eagles fans fighting each other. So, and yes, go ahead, throw your, they threw snowballs at Santa Claus too, comment while you're there, but sorry. (laughs) That was specifically targeting Cody. No, I agree with you. I mean, I went to a baseball game last night and I, I didn't pay for the tickets because it was nice that my girlfriend's work gave them to us. But I'm pretty sure the tickets were around 30 bucks or so. And they came with a $15 credit for food. That's, the Flyers do something similar. Like you yeah, could use yeah. it at restaurants. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the type of thing. F1's never going to be that. I mean, IndyCar is not even that cheap. But that's the type of thing where you might get people who have no idea what it is just to show up because the cost is not going to break the bank, even if they hate it. So you're really keeping out what you're saying, the casual fan, like the person who's unsure about F1 is not going to spend thousands of dollars. It's going to be the diehards. And, you know, maybe you don't ever really transform these kind of casual fans into yeah. diehards because they never get to see a race live. We'll see. I don't think F1's suffering and I don't think they will suffer even if they go forward with this. I think... Uh, even without Bernie Ecclestone, the uh, kind of evil dictator vibe given off by F1 continues a little bit. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily evil dictator. It's more like money hungry, and we are we might be missing the more casual fan base. And I think every sport could do a better job at that. Like this is not pile on F1. Like every almost every sport could do better at that. I'm sure IndyCar could do better at that. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on! Yeah, okay, that's fair. I mean, we, we did just sort of pile a little bit on F1, but maybe that's because there hasn't been yeah. a race in a couple of weeks, and There's it's just like, it's not, yeah. yeah, it's not fresh in my mind that uh, how much it was awesome at the last race. Okay, the other small piece of news before we get to the big announcement, and we'll... I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. 
Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. We'll cover that one in some detail. Is that uh, Ralph Schumacher um, decided to comment on the Daniel Ricciardo situation. And he has a very firm belief that Ralph Schumacher will never get another chance in Formula One after this. Wait, can you? I think you meant to say Mick Schumacher. You said Ralph Schumacher like three times in there, and my brain hurt. No, Ralph was. Can you start that over again? I just want to make sure I heard correctly. So, Ralph, my least favorite Schumacher, at least, um, and someone who I believe won six Grand Prix, which is actually less than Daniel Ricciardo has won. Okay. Uh, he commented on the Ricardo situation and said he can't imagine that Ricardo's ever going to get another chance in F1. Like he doesn't see if he loses his seat at McLaren. I guess he thinks that this season or his performance of late has been so bad that he, he doesn't deserve another chance anywhere so, else. So one, yeah, I mean, his performance hasn't been great. I also don't think it's been like Latifi level bad or anything Two. Why is it in F1 specifically? Like, we don't really see this in IndyCar. Don't really see it in NASCAR. Like, these old guys just come out of the woodworks and start spouting off the most ridiculous (laughs) shit ever. Like, why is it... I I don't know. I'm going to leave it there before I get myself in, in more trouble. But it's just... Go away. Go... Go, go, That's ment- a good point. We don't see like yeah. Jill DeFerrin coming out and like crapping yeah, on Rick, people. Rick Mears isn't going or, out there and know. being like, ah, screw whoever. He sucks. No, Rick Mears is out there trying to help drivers get better. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Like Kevin Kogan doesn't come out and crap on everyone. So, I mean, I guess he wouldn't really have the uh, credibility, but I really don't think Ralph Schumacher has that much credibility no. to talk about this. I mean, if anything, Ralph Schumacher should be a good uncle. And, you know, mentor Mick about the ins and outs of F1 from his time in F1. Do something productive if you're going to run your mouth. I mean, and the the thing is, he may have been asked about this. And so that's the thing I sure, hate about some sure. of the, the news reports. Like, they quote it as if he just said this and spouted off. And someone may have asked him in a way that got him to say this. I mean, he's never been afraid to speak his mind. But, yeah, I, I don't think... I think Ricardo will easily get a second chance somewhere else. I mean, who else do they really want to bring in some of the other teams? Yeah. It... God damn. Okay. Let's get to the big news. Oh, hold on. Right, Be- before we get there, is that... let's give a quick shout out okay. to our friends at Athletic Greens. Athleticgreens.com slash emerging. That was not a good segue. I was trying to think of something segue-y, but, um, you know, that was like Hickey's yeah, I, that is that is not. We need we need Hickey just just to come in every once in a while for a segue. 
Yeah. Anyway, athleticgreens.com slash emerging. You get five free sample packs and a year worth of vitamin D uh, endorsed by athletes like Lewis Hamilton. And I think LeBron James is the other big one. Uh, there are no artificial flavorings or chemicals or anything along those lines. Plenty of adaptogens. Improve your <laughs> improve your mood. Improve your energy. Improve your focus. You know, just just make yourself overall healthy without having to spend tons of money on different vitamins and whatnot. Again, go to. Actually, we have a new one. It is sitting in my email: athleticgreens.com slash parlay p a r l e y. Oh, they oh, customized no, it no, for no, us. No, no, I'm confusing two ads. If you hear oh. a BetterHelp ad, it's betterhelp.com slash parlay. The Athletic Greens is athleticgreens.com slash emerging. So now, like we've. Oh, I got excited. Yeah, no, BetterHelp did. Now, now we've we've merged two ads with one, and we're going to leave this in the episode because it's a lot more fun when we when I butcher these ads. Okay, that's fine with me. So the big announcement is that the 2026 F1 rules, like the engine formula, has been approved. We know Yay. what we're going to see. At least we have an idea about it. Uh, for 2026 and this paves the way for both audi and porsche to come in because this was the big sticking point they wanted to get some of these rules passed um to come in and so let me just go through them quickly a little bit broadly and then we can react to them so the first thing that we're going to see is fully sustainable fuels starting in 2026 um thanks to the f1 partnership with aramco um, they're not going to burn any fossil fuels anymore, so they're going to maybe use non-food sources or apparently municipal waste <laughs> to fuel the car. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, they're going to have three times the electrical power from the hybrid component of the engine to go along with that the continuation of the 1.6 liter V6 turbo. So instead of about 120 kilowatts, um, which is, I believe, about 160 yeah. additional horsepower, we're going to see 350 kilowatts, which is like more than a Formula E car was was doing at this point. Um, not, I mean, next season, I believe they're going to be doing about that. But that's like 649 horsepower. Or sorry, 469 horsepower. So we're going to get it. It's an additional almost 500 horsepower just from the electrical component. Yeah, it's pretty cool the way they're, they're structuring it and... If IndyCar isn't too far down their new engine path, which who who knows, uh, you know that I I've, maybe they're stealing some of that idea from the push to pass is totally electrical or hybrid for IndyCar. So I think it's a really cool and smart idea for the future of auto racing and and making it in a way to where you can adapt these sort of things to road cars in the future in in some sort of way. Yeah. Which happens a lot more than people still realize in, in both F1 and IndyCar. So, not to forget that. But, yeah, I think it's 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 better than I was expecting. I'll say that. I was expecting much worse. And with, a, with the MGUH going away, there are some thoughts that the engine will yes. be louder. So, And have turbo lag ooh, again. Because yeah. what the MGUH did is it sat between the compressor and the turbine in the turbo. And basically, it would harvest electrical energy um, from the turbine spinning, but it, the electricity could also be used to yeah. spin up the turbo, right? And so to avoid 
any turbo lag. So we may see turbo lag come back without the MGUH. Okay. That's just a, a possibility that I've seen yeah. written out there. Um, so also we're going to see like probably a thousand horsepower. They're saying easily, um, but we're going to see less fuel used in these races. So we're going to have the clean fuel, but then also a lot less of it. So in 2013, about 160 kilograms was used for a race, and then 2020, it's about 100 kilograms, and they're aiming for 70 kilograms uh, during a Grand Prix starting in 2026. Okay. That's cool. They're going to continue to lower the costs through like engine specific cost cap. Um, and they're going to ban a lot of expensive manufacturing materials. And obviously like get rid of the MGUH, which is pretty expensive to develop and then use some standardized components to just bring the cost. So down. my only concern from those standpoints, and this is, could be nothing. So if you're eliminating expensive components, cost saving measure, I get it. I mean, how, F1 costs are still going to be outrageous. So, A, does it really make a difference? And B, if you're using cheaper engine parts, are we going to see more unreliability peak back up because, I don't know, some nut and bolt fails and then, you know, Carlos Sainz's rear end of the Ferrari spontaneously combusts again? So, I don't know. I mean, listen... That's this is why we're we're talking and we're not building F one cars. So only time will tell. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I mean, it may be pretty. That may shake things up. Be interesting. I definitely think twenty twenty six is going to mark another huge transition for the sport, like these new twenty twenty two car regs did. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention is that new manufacturers coming in, specifically Audi and Porsche, we're looking at you, get a concession for the power unit cost cap. So it's set at, this is how much they can spend just on the power unit, okay? $95 million for the 23 through 25 seasons. And then it's $130 million from the start of the new engine rules in 2026. That's just the, the power unit. But the new manufacturers are allowed an extra $10 million on top of that for their first two seasons, and then an additional five during the third. So this is hoping to get the new manufacturers up to speed. We're, talk- we're talking about cost savings in one sentence, and then, oh yeah, you get $100 million for your engine in the next sentence. That's... Well, that just means they were spending I'm, I'm more just, than I'm just before. laughing at the absurdity of the order of, uh, not the order of you know, whatever you're reading is, is talking about. Oh, these are a few okay, different yeah. sources I'm reading. But yeah, it, it it should be pretty cool, I think. That's the main points, I believe. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing it and getting official announcements from Porsche and Audi that they're Porsche coming in. Porsche is supposed to be at Spa next weekend. I think. Uh, that'd be cool. So, anyway. Well, then we'd have some news to kick off the yeah. return from summer break. Is there anything else? No, that's all I've got, unless I missed something. I so. Let's wrap it up. All right, everybody, obviously no F1. IndyCar is Saturday night on USA Network or Peacock. So I think it's 7.30 green flag Eastern time. I think it's 6.30 green flag. I thought it was 6.30 in I'll St. look it Louis. up when we get done recording this because we're about to record IndyCar for behind. everybody who's wondering. Okay. I, have it, I have it saved on my phone. Anyway, everybody, have a lovely weekend of racing. Thank you.
Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos! 